All right, welcome to a brand new week of news and the Philip Ward uh, program. And a uh, uh, lot to uh, get into today as it relates to Joe Biden, the electoral co college votes. Um, and so, and his speech as well that he gave today. Oh my goodness. Great. By the way, there's nothing wrong with me. That was the impression of Joe Biden, but goodness gracious. Did, did anyone really get through all of that and not think in their heads that, oh my God, there's something seriously wrong with Joe Biden. Like to the point where all throughout the campaign, he Bumbled and he fumbled his words and he tripped over his own words. He couldn't formulate a sentence. He has press conferences, so well, so called press conferences. He never took questions from reporters. I'm looking at the length of the speech that he just gave now, and I got um about 15 minutes. That's about it. And that's really all that we've ever seen from Joe Biden. That's the longest he can go. Compare that to Donald Trump, the president. By the way, still the president. I understand the electoral college votes are in, and this guy's claiming a victory, and, you know, and there's no fraud, and Donald Trump's the only one talking about fraud, and it's the extreme right wing that's talking about fraud, right? And it's them that can't accept. Well, I even, you know, I'll throw myself in there. Yeah, this is the people that are bringing fraud up. And by the way, we have testimony, we have affidavits, we have witnesses. They're all claiming that there was voter fraud. They have evidence of it. They've brought it to the courts. And the courts, as the president pointed out, yesterday was doing a, an interview with Fox. It might have been sad. It was over the weekend for sure. Um, you know, saying that, you know, even the Supreme Court, there's not someone that wants to be, that has enough courage to bring it forward and and I think about that comment and I wonder what is it though is it that the Supreme Court or other courts the judges the justices are are they afraid of what might happen if justice is actually done if the results and I, I guess you can kind of say that we have results now as far as the Electoral College putting their votes in but even that now you have democratic electors voting for joe biden but then on the other hand you have the republican uh state legislatures and electors all throughout the uh, republican electors throughout the country that threw their votes for donald trump so now you, you you could see a scenario playing out where you have a contested um uh, electoral process there's a, a i want to get it right a contingent uh election i believe is the name of it it's uh triggered in the 12th amendment and there's is a i want to make sure i get the name right on this as well there's a uh in the uh belfer center harvard kennedy school graham uh allison is the guy's name now he has an article called donald trump's stealthy road to victory and i give this guy a lot a lot of credit because he wrote this opinion back in november 6th um obviously over a month ago before we started seeing certain evidence of fraud um come forward and uh so we'll get to that as the program uh progresses but one real question i have is if 
everyone else now at this point in time has accepted the results of the election and whether there was fraud or not it doesn't matter and i've seen a lot of conservatives say it's over it's done except that joe biden is now president-elect and we're going to have the most radical socialist democrat to a t corrupt career 47 year long politician old frail boring awful dull weak man as our president and if if everyone else can accept it why can't i why can't donald trump why can't the trump campaign's legal team rudy giuliani jenna ellis the people that are attached to affidavits and there's there's still some conservative um media commentators and prominent right-wing people that aren't accepting the results either and it, it to me i i focus more on the conservatives and the republicans whether it be uh, media people or actually um elected officials I, I look at them and i think why aren't we fighting here you know i listen i have i will never give up this fight until well january now january 6th is a big day because that's when congress either says yeah these are these are the elector votes and uh biden's president they reject the elector votes um it's it, it's all through um with the 12th amendment being triggered and that is a way that donald trump uh could still very well be um as the president on january 20th of uh 2021 um, but you know, I want to get it more into that. I'm sort of getting ahead of myself here. I want to finish my point on the fact that it, it, it make sure that you, you make a mental note of these people who have rolled over, who are done said, yeah, it definitely fraud occurred. We know that on election night, Donald Trump was winning by, you know, a, a, a 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania. 300,000 votes in Michigan uh, and winning in Wisconsin and winning in Georgia. And just all of a sudden, wow, here comes this this wave of mail-in ballots and that every single one of them counted as, uh, you know, as election night ended and as we had uh, the days coming after election day that, wow, all of a sudden now magically Joe Biden's actually the president. And, well, it all came from mail-in voting mail-in voting from the beginning was a complete and utter scam you are never ever going to change my mind about that and on top of mail-in uh, balloting i want to say now if joe biden is now as the electoral college votes um as they say at least if he is the true president-elect why hasn't kamala harris resigned her senate seat yet why hasn't she done that why does joe biden say they have the most uh, elaborate you know the most uh whatever it is organized voter fraud organization that they've ever had uh you know and he's referring to barack obama and i know that you know you have the sort of fact checkers that come forward and say oh this is taken out of context well it's joe biden's own words he said that so if you're saying that it's out of context or that joe biden is you know misspeaking or something then he misspeaks an awful lot amount of time, a, a great uh, amount of times. And it, it, I take a step back and I, it, I don't put, I, I want to take the labels Democrat, 
Republican off of Trump and Biden. And it just who's the better candidate? Who is better suited to run this country? I will never believe that there's 80, I think Biden, let me get the exact number. I have the speech in front of me here. 81 million votes, he says, were cast for him and Vice President-elect Harris. And I just, I do not believe that there were enough people in this country that voted against Donald Trump. I believe people understood that, yeah, Trump gets on the Twitter box and tweets a lot, but is that really such a bad thing? Because that speaks to the younger generation, and it also is his own words. You cannot, the media cannot take out of context what Donald Trump writes on Twitter himself. They can't do it. Everything else they can spin and they can distort and they can edit videos so that it seems like Donald Trump's saying something that he uh, wasn't really saying. I mean, case in point, Joe Biden says that he ran for president because of Donald Trump's comments when it related to Charlottesville. But Donald Trump condemned white supremacists. Donald, Donald Trump said that there were bad people on both sides. And this was what Joe Biden was uh, using to run as president. And it was just an entire lie. CNN cut the clip. MSNBC, MSDNC cut the clip uh, just in time enough to make Donald Trump look like a, a villain in that case. And it was never true. And by the way, Joe Biden, I mean, he's still running on it at this point in time. Joe Biden's whole entire campaign was about that. And you even talk about Joe Biden's campaign. He ran the most laziest, most disgraceful campaign I've ever seen in presidential history, citing COVID-19 all throughout that. We're going to get to COVID in a second here, by the way, because now we have a vaccine. The media was wrong. Doctors were wrong. Anyone on TV that was saying that we're never going to see a vaccine before the end of the year, it is December 14th, and they again have been proven wrong. The mainstream media lying to you again. Do they seek truth and report it? No. They have people that they agree with on their programs. But anyway, so Joe Biden was, uh, and I didn't get to this on Friday, the Supreme Court decision kind of. You know, I don't know if he caught me off guard, definitely dominated the program on Friday. Uh, but Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were both, I, what, is it voted in? I don't know what it is. Um, were chosen, I guess you could go with that, were chosen as Time Magazine's uh, Person of the Year. Both, both of them, Person of the Year. And yesterday, Time Magazine put out a tweet on the Twitter box, Joe Biden on vaccines, pardons, and uniting America. I'm going to tell you something right now. America is not going to unite behind Joe Biden. It's not going to happen. If it does now, see, I say that and I'm not going to guarantee it. I very, very, am very strongly confident in that statement. But you ever heard the um, mainstream media and they say that this definitely isn't going to happen. You know, for four long years, there's definitely Trump-Russia collusion. They were all proven to be wrong and idiots and liars. They lied to you. They lied to me. They lied to all of us. They lied to Americans. They lied to the whole entire world. But I can almost guarantee you that this country's not going to unify around Joe Biden. 
There are 74 million Americans out there that believe this election was stolen, that have questions, that they need answers from Joe Biden, from Kamala Harris, from the Supreme Court. At, at some point, you would think the Supreme Court would want election integrity. I guess not at this point. I guess they're, you know, they want to be in this shell and not get involved in um, the election at all. And uh, as uh, Graham uh, Allison points out, um, there, there, there could be a potential reason for that. I, I, and I'll, I'll read the article for you later on, and you can formulate your own opinion. Uh, but anyway, I don't see it happening. And I'm wondering why Time's talking to Joe Biden about vaccines because vaccines happened on Donald Trump's watch. No matter what Joe Biden, you know, and, and again, I am never going to believe that he was, that he is president elect, but he was never, we will, we would not have had a vaccine under a Joe Biden presidency. In fact, we would have had millions more Americans that were sick or that died because of COVID. Now, as far as um, the president goes, earlier today tweeting, first vaccine administer, uh, administered, congratulations USA, congratulations world. All throughout the mainstream media today, they actually, they were like in shock that this happened under uh, a Donald Trump presidency, but even they had to give Donald Trump credit. CNBC says coronavirus vaccine development shattered every record in modern medical history. CNN, Operation Warp Speed, historic, incredible logistical undertaking, incredible achievement. Uh, Dr. Salawi, coronavirus um, task force guy, the coronavirus vaccine is a result of the amazing partnership under Operation Warp Speed. You had Trace Gallagher on Fox News saying astounding at how fast this uh, came about, says this was in a historic day. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who the media loves so very much, a historic day to get a vaccine into the arms of people at a time frame that is really unprecedented. Mike Pence, the vice president who heads the coronavirus tax task force, says this is a historic day. We have come to the beginning of the end of the coronavirus pandemic with the first vaccine being administered uh, in states across the country. Operation Warp Speed is a medical miracle and a tribute to our scientists, federal health officials, healthcare workers, and the relentless leadership of President Trump. Uh, um, Secretary Azar just said that today's a historic day as we hopefully see the light at the end of the tunnel of this horrible pandemic and the toll of human suffering we uh, have seen. This is incredible. If there was going to be one country that you were going to bet on, that, and by the way, we have the best doctors, we have the best nurses, we have the best medical personnel, the best medical professionals in the entire world. If there was a place that you were going to get sick in and survive, however bad the sickness is, you want to be in the United States of America. If there's a worldwide pandemic going on, you can better believe the United States of America was going to be the first one to get a vaccine. That happened under the leadership of Donald J. Trump and Operation Warp Speed, which was nothing, nothing less than an incredible 
miraculous success, not only for the United States, but for the entire world. We have three vaccines now. And remember, China, it is the China virus, it is Kung Flu, whatever you want to call it, China unleashed a virus onto the entire world. This was a world war without violence. If someone that you know was infected by it, or uh, even, you know, God forbid, you had the disease uh, yourself, the virus, blame China. This is all China's fault. It's not as the New York Times categorizes it, the Trump virus, if you're feeling bad, you know who to blame. Every single part of this came from China. Now, you had the media downplaying uh, uh, COVID at the beginning. You had you know, Fauci downplaying it. You had prominent Democrat politicians, Pelosi and de Blasio, you know, saying, well, here, come out, come dancing in Chinatown, Nancy Pelosi said. You had Bill uh, de Blasio in New York City, the mayor there, saying that, oh, you, you don't worry about COVID and things are fine and New York City has a lot to, uh, to give, a lot of attractions. Now, you even had Bill Nye, the science guy, saying back in May, quote, he confidently predicts it will take two years for a COVID vaccine to become available. Guess what? Bill Nye, liar, wrong. Um, Erwin Redlener, uh, MD expert. This is on MSDNC, expert on pandemic influenza. I would, I, you know, I'd love to know how you get that title. What do you take some classes on pandemic influenza? What's your major in school? Oh, pandemic influenza. Oh, really? And he didn't do a good job of it. Because he, he said back in May, Trump's claim there will be a coronavirus vaccine by the end of the year is preposterous. Guess what? Here we are before the end of the year and we have a COVID vaccine being administered, being distributed all throughout the country and even all throughout the world. Another lie from our mainstream media. This is the best one of them all. Dr. Fauci. This is a tweet from Jim Acosta on March 3rd. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dr. Fauci has publicly explained in front of Trump three times now that it will take a year or more to develop a coronavirus vaccine. Dr. Fauci that the mainstream media absolutely can't get enough of and they love wrong. Everything he, he has said has been wrong. He has flip-flopped. Why should anybody ever trust this guy, Dr. Fauci, let alone our mainstream media, who we know, who we know do not seek truth and report it, like the Society of Professional Journalists tells us, that if you have any journalistic integrity, that you do that, that you minimize harm, you act independently, you be accountable and transparent. What this was about, oh, and by the way, CBS, you had this uh, Daniel... Domenech guy, uh, American Association of School uh, Administration, whatever, a professor uh, saying that um, uh, he wants the nation to return to normal with or without a vaccine. Still, he says a vaccine will be ready uh, by the end of the year, but a timeline of experts says that's unlikely. So there, CBS lying to you uh, as well. But anyway, 
what this was about, and 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 now if there's a vaccine that is available to Americans, there is no reason, none whatsoever, that there can't be indoor dining, that there can't be outdoor dining, that there can't be gatherings of however many, because you know what, you are afforded all these freedoms because you are an American citizen. Democratic politicians do not have the right to take that away from you. People can go to churches. We can reopen our schools. There's a vaccine now. You have Pfizer with a vaccine, which is being um, distributed throughout the country. You have Moderna with a vaccine. AstraZeneca with a vaccine. There is absolutely no reason whatsoever that we cannot go back to the way things were. That didn't happen under Joe Biden. That happened under the leadership of Donald J. Trump and Operation Warp Speed. Tremendous day. Tremendous day for America um, in regards to COVID vaccine. Sad, though, as far as the electoral college votes go, but even that's being contested. Now, let me move forward. Big breaking news. Just had a very nice meeting with Attorney General Bill Barr, the president tweeted out a few hours ago at the White House. Our relationship has been a very good one. He has done an outstanding job. As per letter, Bill will be leaving just before Christmas to spend the holidays with his family. Deputy Attorney General Jeff Rosen, Jeff Rosen, whatever you want to call him, an outstanding person, will become acting Attorney General. Highly respected Richard Donahue will be taking over the Deputy Attorney General uh, uh, yeah, Deputy Attorney General, thank you to all. And the uh, Bill Barr, now the outgoing Attorney General, writing the president uh, letter, basically just saying, you know, few could have weathered these attacks that um, were on for Trump, you know, uh, the uh, campaign and this effort to cripple the Trump administration with frenzied and baseless accusations of collusion with Russia. Basically, it says Operation Warp Speed. You delivered a vaccine for coronavirus on a schedule no one thought conceivable. Basically, it was just a, a great letter written from the Attorney General um, to the President of the United States. And I know that some conservatives are not happy with the Attorney General Bill Barr. And what he, uh, I don't know if you want to call it, what he didn't, you know, prosecute much. What he didn't prosecute, uh, what he's going to be leaving, you know, the whole Durham probe that's going on. There's news about the Durham probe we'll get to um, today. Uh, I really, I don't know if I have a great, if I, if I have a, a, a burning rage for. Attorney General Bill Barr, I, I really don't. I, I think that, and I know that um, the whole, there was, there's not widespread voter fraud that we found on a, you know, on a big level yet. Um, that enraged some conservatives. I get that. I, I, I totally understand that. I can see how you can be mad or upset with him about that. But all throughout, when, when he became Attorney General, all throughout uh, his serving for the Trump administration, I really, I, I don't know if I have that, those many complaints about Bill Barr. I thought he was, I thought he was highly respected. Uh, I thought he was, I thought he was always very mature. He was always an adult um, in the room. I thought the Attorney General did a good job. I, I honestly do believe that. 
Um, I do have a little, uh, you know, a lingering feeling of upset uh, as far as the Durham probe goes, and I don't know how that wasn't concluded before the election. That will always, you know, sort of sit in the pit of, you know, just, I don't know, do you want to call it despair or something? Uh, you know, it's sort of tough at this point to find the words uh, to describe the attorney general, but I think, I think he honestly... I think he can leave with his head held high. I really believe that. I think that the attorney general did a good job. And um, I understand the conservatives being mad or upset with him as well. But but I will leave it at that, that I think he did a a, a, a good job. I'll give it a good job. Not, not great, not an incredible, tremendous, outstanding job. But I think he did a good job. And I'll leave it there um, for now. Now let's get into the electoral votes because the Epic Times reporting Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona Republican electors cast votes for Trump. Republican electors in four states said on December 14th that they could cast, they would cast their procedural votes for President Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. Republican electors in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona all say they voted for Trump. It comes as their state's formally appointed Democratic electors who voted for Biden and Harris. Now, this is the interesting part about all of this. Competing electors, states with close contact. Oh, and by the way, I'm, listen, I'm no expert as far as uh, competing electors and the 12th Amendment goes. I mean, I'll give you my opinion on it uh and you know i read it i do research on it so that i'm well informed so i can bring it to you in a very provocative and very debatable manner uh but here's the I, i'm gonna leave it to the expert here i'll read it for you so you can get a full understanding as well I'll sort of try and break it down but I, I think the epic times does a good job of it so states with close contests between trump and his rival biden were expected to potentially produce competing slates of electors one certified by the governor and the other by the legislature now i read that and it brings me to article we've cited it before article 2 section uh, 1 clause 2 each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors so it's it's it's, it's on the state legislature so with states with close contests having producing competing slates of electors, one being certified by the governor, one by the legislature, I'm like, the, well, isn't the legislature more important than the governor in this situation? And by the way, Pennsylvania, um, you, you have a um, Democrat governor in Georgia. I don't know what Kemp is doing at this point in time, but it's a total joke. You have uh, a Democrat governor in Nevada, and then um, in Arizona, Doug Ducey, which I'll add, tell you something as well. I don't know what he's up to. You have another Republican governor. So at this point, we got rhinos all over the place. I understand why, why people are upset. I understand why people aren't accepting the election results as put forward by the media and now these Democrat electors. Uh, so... It's unclear if all of the Republican electors in the five states were formally certified. Either way, Congress is likely to end up with competing slates of electors 
come and this is the by all means utmost important day on the calendar january 6th when the two chambers are the two chambers meaning the house of representatives and the senate when the two chambers are scheduled to count the votes while a process exists to resolve disputes between dueling electors it has never been tested in the courts approving a set of electors would require the majority in both chambers the balance of power in the senate will be determined by the results of the two runoff elections in georgia should democrats win both seats knock on freaking wood a 50 50 tie in the senate would hand the tiebreaker vote to the vice president if lawmakers cannot agree on a set of electors the country will find itself in uncharted territory which may prompt intervention from the supreme court is history if history is a guide the state delegations in the house may have to pick a president that is by the way this is that is exactly um that's talking about the uh the 12th amendment and i have the 12th amendment in front of me we can go to an election of president uh and you know we've cited decided this before just want to make sure everyone's prepared for it the president of the senate now the president of senate of the senate is the vice president january 6 2021 mike pence is still vice president mike pence will be the president of the senate on january 6. the president of the senate shall in the presence of the senate and house of representatives open all the uh certificates and the vote shall then be counted person having the greatest number of votes for president shall be the president if such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed if no such person have such majority then the uh that of the whole number of electors appointed then the from the persons having the highest numbers not exceeding three on the list of the of these voted for as president the house of representatives shall choose immediately by ballot the president but in choosing the president the vote shall be taken by states again remember the states uh new york um congress is overwhelmingly controlled by democrats but new york is only going to get one vote republicans have a majority as the epic times points out correctly stated in the 12th amendment they have a majority of state delegations so then donald trump will be re-elected and then as far as the vice president goes uh the senate is the one that chooses the vice president obviously uh, Republicans will have a majority in the Senate. So I want to make sure you're prepared for that day. January 6th is, is the biggest day maybe in this country's history. I, I and I'm not kidding about that. I, I really am not. That's going to be huge. It's going to be very, very crucial to see, um, how that plays out. Uh, in Michigan today, you had Republican electors being blocked at the door. Michigan State Police were blocking access to the Capitol. Wow. Something was, you know, if there was no trouble in Michigan whatsoever, why are they doing that? Uh, a state that had a machine-led 71% unverifi unverifiable votes, you know, right? Crazy. Uh, in Arizona, Arizona Senate Judiciary Chairman uh, Farnsworth 
announcing in committee the authorization for a full forensic audit on Dominion machines and software. Now, even, by the way, even in New Mexico, there's a new Trump lawsuit there, and New Mexico's um, uh, Republican electors gave their electoral votes for uh, Donald Trump. Uh, and uh, the, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, you had, uh, well, basically, that's, that's just about it. Um, that's what's going on in New Mexico uh, there. Now, I want to uh, just quickly get into the Dominion um, voting systems because uh, the Epic Times points out, again, Dominion voting systems used firm that was hacked. Now, there was a, uh, and this goes closer, this is Solar Winds. Now, I don't have the very latest on this story, but uh, from last time I checked, you had Dominion voting systems uh, using Solar Winds software this is a, a company that provides voting systems in 28 states as far as dominion goes we've gone over the uh, dominion before uh solar winds though was hacked today and the situation uh it says according to FireEye, a cybersecurity firm the hackers inserted malicious code into legitimate software updates for the solar winds software the code enabled an attacker to gain remote access to the victim's systems. The malware was designed in a way to not alert the victim of the intrusion, and attackers went to significant lengths to blend into normal activity. Uh, that doesn't sound good, like, at all. Um, and, oh, uh, Philip Klein points out um, on Twitter, uh, working. I believe he's working for the Trump campaign, the lawyer, the tabulation log for the forensic examination of the server from Antrim County. Now, Antrim County's in Michigan. That was the one where you had the 6,000 votes that went from uh, Trump to Biden. Uh, from December 6, 2020, consists of 15,676 individual events, of which, listen to this now, 10,667 or 68.05% of the events were recorded errors. The Federal Election Commission allows a minimum, now, or excuse me, this is at most maximum error rate of just 0.0008%. Well, the error rate here, 68.05. How can you possibly Certify Michigan. The error rate detailed there has implications for every state where there's litigation. Comes on a day when officials are blocking legislatures from having their say about elections in their states. That's just madness. That is absolute chaos. You know, that is astronomically high. How these people can possibly call Joe Biden president-elect is beyond me it really is now before i get to the trump article i'm going to give you some news of the day that's what we do on this program we give you opinion we give you news uh governor andrew cuomo was being um uh, accused of sexual uh harassment this uh former advisor lindsey boyland pointing out yes governor cuomo sexually harassed me for years um she said governor cuomo says uh no, it's not true. I fought for and I believe a woman has the right to come forward and express her opinion, but it's it's just not true. 
Well, you're not supposed to believe uh, women when they accuse uh, Democrats, right? And, oh, and by the I have a quick little anecdote um, on this topic because I have a buddy, and I asked him, and you know, it doesn't really get involved into much politics, but, uh, you know, obviously reads the news from time to time. And I said, you know, do you know who Tara Reid is? I said, no, I, I, Tara Reid, uh, no, I don't know. Isn't that an actress? No, 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 not as far as the actress goes. I said, do you know who Stormy Daniels is? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know who Stormy Daniels is. Isn't the one that, that, that you know, Trump has sexual assault or allegations or something? And I said, yes, that's exactly right. Tara Reid, though, assault, uh, al alleging that Joe Biden sexually assaulted her. And that's funny to me because I always talk about the everyday American that just wants to read the news, watch the news, just get the news because they have other things to do throughout the day. And everyone knows Stormy Daniels because the mainstream media made a big fuss about it. But yet Tara Reid, when she accuses Biden of sexual assault, they cover the story or excuse me, they refuse to cover the story. They don't say a thing about it. No fairness in our media. How about Hunter Biden? Oh, Hunter Biden talking about the media uh, not running a story. Now they want to get on the Hunter Biden bandwagon. Uh, this was in the uh, Daily Caller um, on uh, Friday, actually. Hunter Biden called his father and Chinese business partner office mates in September 2017 email. Oh, that's interesting, right? Uh, Hunter Biden sent an email to the manager of his Washington, D.C. office in September 2017 asking her to make keys for his, quote, office mates. Joe Biden and Gong Wang Dung, who he said was the emissary for the chairman of the Chinese energy conglomerate CEFC, which he talked about before, the New York Post reporting on that. Um, and Hunter Biden's dealings with uh, the uh, CEFC, obviously in um, China. So and, and now they want to they want to go to that. You know, I didn't hear a thing about it all throughout the campaign. Um, in other news, you got John Durham, the, the Durham probe special counsel Durham, expanding his team and making excellent progress on his investigation into the origins of the Trump Russia probe a federal law enforcement official telling fox news uh fox has learned that durham the u.s attorney general who Barr appointed in october as special counsel is adding prosecutors to his team again that's good news oh by the way um i want i had another thing about hunter here it is uh hunter biden email showing four hundred thousand dollars unreported income from burisma holdings hunter biden did not report um, the $400,000 in income he collected from his position on the board of Burisma Holdings, obviously the Ukrainian gas company, when he joined in 2014. That's very interesting uh, as well. I think there'll be more and more that come out about Hunter Biden. I really do believe that because now you got a media that actually wants to cover it. Uh, you got you had Bill G Bill Gates, by the way, who's worth like a hundred and billion dollars saying that uh, to Jake Tapper yesterday, uh, yeah, we won't, bars and restaurants will sadly have to be closed for the next four to six months. We might not return to normal life until 2022. I mean, that's pretty n crazy from uh, someone of his power to say that. Uh, there is a little bit of breaking news about the SolarWinds Dominion hack going on. Uh, uh, SolarWinds HQ in Austin, Texas, this is disclosed 
uh, TV reporting, uh, solar winds in Austin, Texas was reportedly raided. So uh, we'll keep up to date on that as that moves on. Uh, in Georgia, Secretary of State Raffensperger, our office will be partnering uh, with GBIGA to conduct a signature match audit in Cobb County following specific reports that the county failed to adequately conduct signature matching. The audit will take around two weeks, but will not change the outcome of the November elections. He's been, you know, assuring us that, that Donald Trump in no way should be president, right? This guy calls himself a Republican. Total joke. Um, so that sort of gets you up to date as far as the news goes. But now I want to talk about this piece by Graham Allison. So Graham Allison, let me give you a little bit of background. An American political scientist uh, and the Douglas Dillon Professor of Government at the JFK School of Government at Harvard University. So this is what he he penned this, I, I call it op-ed, there's analysis in it as well. Um, no, last month on the 6th, Donald Trump's stealthy road to victory. He says, as the counting of votes in Arizona, Georgia, and especially Pennsylvania County uh, continues, most of the press and punditry have concluded that Vice President Biden has won the 2020 election. That still holds true to, obviously, this day as they're certifying electoral votes. Certainly, a substantial majority of the rest of us are suffering from, quote, election fatigue and are eager for this drama to be over without disagreeing with the conventional wisdom about the final tally when all the legal votes are counted i believe the current consensus is missing the fact that trump has a second viable stealthy road to victory uh he says um that um i'm reluctantly betting that the debate about who won will continue until at least january 6th when slates of electoral college members are opened in Washington and most likely beyond that as whatever is decided then is appealed by the loser to the Supreme Court. He says, my conclusion reflects the analysis of another um, article he cites. Uh, but either way, this is the most important part. This is what we've been telling you on this program. Uh, he says that the 18th, this happened in the 1817, or excuse me, 1876 election. For uh, Tilden and uh, Samuel Tilden and Rutherford B. Hayes. Obviously, Hayes went on to win the presidency. Then, as now, each state must decide on a group of electors to meet with a joint session of Congress on January 6th, where the winner of the presidential election is declared. The normal practice in a state where Biden won the popular vote total would be for state election officials to certify the results and send a slate of electors to Congress, obviously that's what they're doing now. But state legislatures have the constitutional authority to conclude that the popular vote has been corrupted and thus send a competing slate of electors on behalf of their state. That has happened today. Now he says the 12th Amendment, here it is again, specifies that the president of the Senate shall in the presence of the state and House of Representatives open all the certificates and the vote shall then be counted. This means that in the case of disputes about competing electoral slates, the president of the Senate, that being Pence, vice president, would appear to have the ultimate authority to decide which to accept 
and which to reject. Pence would choose Trump. Democrats would appeal to the Supreme Court. Alternatively, if at that point no candidate has the required 270 electoral votes, the 12th Amendment stipulates the House of Representatives shall choose immediately by ballot as we went through um, earlier. Republicans having the majority in the state delegation appear almost and they appear to almost uh, certainly keep that majority again they wrote this a month ago they do still have that majority a vote of the states would then elect president trump for a second term and again democrats would appeal that outcome to the supreme court so here's the thing though so now these are two occasions here where he's saying that democrats will appeal the supreme court guess what the supreme court with their ruling on friday has indicated that they do not want to get involved in this election. You really think they're going to uh, take up this case if they didn't take up the Texas v. Pennsylvania case on Friday? Because I don't believe that they will at all. They basically, I think that if, Democrat, if this were to happen in this scenario, if the 12th Amendment is triggered and you start hearing talk about the 12th Amendment more and more, that's very good news for Donald Trump and Mike Pence. But with the uh, Supreme Court, I think they're going to say, we're not going to get involved. Congress, you guys can figure this out. This is for you guys. We, we're going to stay out of it. Um, and he concludes by saying, as the analysis shows, the issues are even more complex. But to repeat the bottom line, both the words of the 12th Amendment and historical precedent offer a credible, stealthy, winding road that could lead to Trump's victory and a second term. Or as the saying goes, the opera ain't over till the fat lady sings. Incredible um, analysis uh, from Professor uh, Allison. And I think, you know, as, and, and, and this is something that I think we need um, on this day where here we have Democrat electors voting for um joe biden to be the president but if the 12th amendment if you hear more talk about the 12th amendment it's not bad for donald trump at all he says it's not over till the fat lady sings i think this election the results of this election are, are very very you know we're a long way from from having it be over that the 12 the, I'll say again you hear about the 12th amendment good news for the president